Matt is peering out of the window with a set of binoculars as Gloria walks up and flirts with Matt, saying that he doesn't have to look that hard to find a beautiful woman. That that really, you know, we always... Oh, yeah! Yeah, that's what it was. It was really, oh, yeah, here we go. And she tangles him up and gives him the... Uh, puts him up in the air, kind of a la a Ghostbusters proton bag. Venom kind of gave up again too easily. Where it was just, I think Miles even says, uh, "Well, they've got the money. There's nothing left here for us." Well, dummy, after you blew up your own dang machine. <laughs> mask cast. Select the mask agents best suited for this mission. Jason G, DJ, movie writer, '80s guru, vehicle code name Frontier. Wyatt B, sound engineer, movie writer, airman, vehicle code name, Dakota. Personnel approved. Assemble Mobile Armored Strike Command. Welcome, listeners, to MassCast 33. With your humble mask movie hosts, Jason and Wyatt, thanks so much for tuning in each episode via iTunes and Stitcher Radio if you'd like to download or over on uh, Buzzsprout or Mixcloud if you'd like to stream. Also, thank you for visiting our Mask Movie blog and interacting with us on Facebook and Twitter. If you haven't connected with us yet, please visit facebook.com backslash maskthemovie or you can send us a tweet to at maskmovie or our parody account which is at Bruce Sato Says, which we like to use from time to time. Tonight we've got another great episode lined up for you with our review and uh, our thoughts and some audio clips mixed in for your listening pleasure. We'll be reviewing episode number 24 of the Mask Animated Series called Counterclockwise Caper. Say that one ten times fast. No, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It was... It was originally broadcast on Halloween, October 31st, 1985. In this episode, Venom conducts a series of heists in Las Vegas casinos using a reversing machine. So we've got a lot to say about this episode, so let's introduce ourselves. Of course, my name is Jason, and as always, I'm joined by my mass co-host, the infamous WB... And the Willis to my Arnold. Now the world don't move to the beat of just one drum. <laughs> that would be Wyatt. How are you tonight? Uh, at least I don't have the ragtop, or I'm sorry, the, the afro, whatever, going on. <laughs> what you talking about, Wyatt? Exactly. <laughs> I, uh, I caught actually. Uh, I actually caught an episode or two of those of, uh, of different strokes. Um, oh, it's been about a month or two ago. It was on uh, one of those uh, uh, dot two or dot three channels on our local oh, wow. uh, TV. I think it's called uh, Antenna TV or something. Anyway, that was a trip back in time. Let me tell you, I used to love that show. I uh, I like that show, but you know, me and my TV shows when they did the the show with uh, Knight Rider on it. Man, I was like. I was begging, screaming, kicking, whatever I could do to make sure I watched that. And, of course, it was a two-part. So then I'm sitting yes, there just – Yes, it was. Oh, I was. 
livid. I'm like, hey, hey, what? wait, we got plans next Friday. No, we don't. Not anymore. I'm going. I'm staying home. I don't care, mom and dad. I'm staying home. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I I actually watched that episode. I think it's on YouTube because I I didn't. I totally forgot about it that they did kind of the mashup there, and uh, it was that was fun to see. Kind of. Uh, I don't. I, I can't remember. It's something weird about it though. Like they didn't use Kit's. They didn't use William Daniel's voice or something. I thought they did, but I think they forgot the kind of the robotic synthesizer voice thing. I, Maybe that. I think they didn't. They peeled it off. Uh, made it actually sound like William Daniels. You know. Legit. Yeah. That was uh, that was interesting though. They used to do that a lot in the '80s, where they'd take uh, TV shows and just mash them up with random bands or uh, or other shows. You know. Right, I actually so. like that when they would interchange the shows. You know, they do it nowadays off and on, but not not near like they did in the '80s. It was like they they were trying to help another show out in ratings. Yeah, or they were trying to start a new one, like they kind of like they did with the uh, with the Jeffersons on All in the Family. And that's true. Yeah. Uh, if you remember, uh, if you ever watched the Golden Girls, um, they did that with Empty Nest. They had the Doctor. Uh, he was on there for a while, and then they spun it off. No, I didn't so, know that one. Yeah, actually, I that was like I spent a lot of time at my grandmother's house, and that was like her favorite show, of course. So uh, uh. I know, I know, I know some uh, Golden Girls uh, trivia. I guess you would say <laughs> I liked Golden Girls. It was actually fun. I, you know, you know, it's a bunch of you know three cranky women, but it was always uh, <laughs> I, I, I really have a lot of uh, respect for. Uh, um, Betty White. Yeah, she played. She's you know, still going strong. She is. You know, she played. You know, like she was not smart at all, but uh, it was hilarious. The the stuff that she would come up with, and her and uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the other. So- not- Sophia was the older lady, and then uh, Dorothy and Blanche. Bla- uh, Dorothy is who I'm thinking of. You know, they just. She, you know, she would be so sarcastic to to Betty White. You know, really, Rose, or something off the wall. <laughs> And then her look, you know, her facial, yeah, her facial expressions were awesome. <laughs> All right, so we've gotten off into uh, into eighties television, ladies and gentlemen. But yes, way too much. And uh, if you haven't <laughs> caught on, uh, we had a little comical thing here on Twitter uh, amongst myself, uh, Jason, and a good friend of ours, Howie Decker. Uh, for a year, he didn't know that I was the infamous WB on Twitter. <laughs> So it was kind of fun, and a, you know, shout out to Howie, but uh, it was just kind of fun. He didn't know who I was. I'm like, this is so cool. I'm a secret agent. I don't even know it. <laughs> well, it's uh, it's out in the open now, so you gotta you gotta live up to that infamous title. You know, I've had it, and it was only because it was just a catch-on thing. Uh, wow, 18 years ago, 17 years ago, at a radio station I start, I worked at. Um, and I've, I don't use it very much anymore because I don't DJ much or anything. But <laughs> I need to get back in the biz. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. But anyway, He's the DJ, I'm the rapper. Say what? What? <laughs> what? Chicka chicka. Oh man, there's another album we used to wear out. Oh man, we're gonna have to make an episode of Masscast and uh, your show, RD80s. <laughs> Just, just of our recollects of stupid stuff that we used to listen to or rock out to or watch, yeah. or whatever. 
so much out there. I love uh, I love going back and finding and listening to again. So. Harassing the telethon on PBS. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yes. All right. Don't let that one get out too far. But yes, I used to uh, I used to crank call our local television station during their telethon just to like hear my phone like ring on the air. <laughs> it was back when you had the you know the regular. You know, the ringing phones, the old-fashioned kind of ring. And, you know, they'd have the people lined up ready to take your pledge. And I would call in, and i get the the ringing sound on my phone, and I hear a, a phone in the background ringing. I'm like, oh, that's it. And then you had the person pick up, and you can see on TV, they say hello, and you hear them. <laughs> and then click. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I owe PBS, like, Hundreds of dollars for the crap they probably <laughs> put up with back then, but thanks for bringing that one up. You're welcome anytime into, into the into public in the public <laughs> eye. All right, let's uh, let's get back, let's get back on track. Um, let's go into our what's happening in the mass community segment. If you've been hanging around and and, and on the site and on Facebook, you've seen that matttracker.com has finally announced and is kicking off their charity auction very soon. Um, it starts, uh, I believe, on June 19th. And we did an episode, uh, MassCast 32, with Bill Ferries. I did, and uh, got to find out the backstory of, you know, why is he doing the auction, how the, how the hurricane affected him. We are talking about Hurricane Sandy last year. And unfortunately, Wyatt was moving at the time we recorded, so he wasn't able to join us. But I know you were not directly affected by the storm, but you used to live around that part of New Jersey where it was hit and and actually made a run up there, I guess, with a friend uh, to take supplies shortly after, right? Right. Um, I was stationed at uh, Fort Dix. Um, it's... A few, a few miles inland, uh, nautical miles by air, but um, they weren't really devastated. They had a lot of power loss, uh, about a week or so, um, but really the devastation was really on the coastline. And uh, just my heart was uh, really there with it, as well as my wife's. And we uh, we just, uh, after moving to Maryland shortly before the hurricane, we... Uh, we got with our church and uh, said, hey, we're going to send up as many supplies as we can and, and send some kind of relief up there, at least do our our little part. And uh, I have a Chrysler Town & Country, I, you know, has the fold flat seats, so they're stow and go. Folded them down, had that thing literally floor to ceiling. There was very little, if any, space literally touching the, the roof of the, the, That's awesome. the van. Then we had uh, my wife took her car, a little CRV. Uh, and it was packed floor to ceiling. Plus, it had stuff wrapped around my my poor son. He was in the back seat, of course, in the middle, and they had stuff like on the floorboards on either side of the seat of him, and and so forth. So, uh, literally two carloads up there, and uh, it, it was great to see that we could do so much with. Uh, it seemed like so little, you know, one carload. It's not a tractor trailer or something, but. It was it was very welcomed and it was it was hum- a little bit helps right and it was humbling really it was humbling to to be able to do a little bit and and know that 
just you know a couple bags of clothes means means a world to people that have just lost literally everything. So it was it was a good experience. Good. Uh, I'm glad we could do it. Cool. Well, good on you for that. And uh, we're asking everybody to listen to MassCast 32 and, and get the story behind it. You also get a chance to hear the items that are in the auction. And 100% of the proceeds are going back, uh, straight back to the American Red Cross. So uh, Bill or the, the auction company, uh, which is the big toy auction, I believe, they're not taking any you know commission or anything like that. All of the stuff that you'll get to bid on was either donated or created directly by Bill. We've got a couple vehicles in there that are signed by the, uh, the voice cast of mask like uh doug stone he signed a thunderhawk i donated and uh we got uh brendan mccain and sharon noble to sign a sign a switchblade so there's some very cool you know one-of-a-kind items in there there's tons of pictures that are signed by more than just those three that are in the cast and and again you know 100 percent going back um it took them a little while to set it up but you know Better late than never. Exactly. And uh, we're asking everybody to to head on over to you can head on over to matttracker.com and and get the link, or you can uh, you can just kind of scroll through our Facebook page as well. The link is up there, and you can do pre bidding now. And then when the auction hits, and there's a ch- still a chance that your pre bid will be you know the highest bid at the time. Uh, but go and get your wallets ready and. I know Bill himself is going to bid on some stuff, so I've I've been anxious too. I might go ahead and try to get a couple more things to uh, to go into my collection, which is mainly just vehicles at this point. But um, it's going to be real cool. So uh, if you're uh, if you're listening to this and it's before June 19th, uh, head on over to matttracker.com and and check out the charity auction. I uh, also want to point out just quickly uh, since we've been on the air last, which was. Sadly, a month ago, I think. Yeah, way too long. Uh, since we released an episode. But uh, uh, if you're plugged into like boulderhill.net and the Mass Comics blog, there's multiple posts they've they've put up since then. We've done a little bit on our site as well. I, I put up a, uh, a fun link to uh, some vehicles made out of paper that I found on DeviantArt. And these things are way cool. They are. Those this, are awesome. This guy, you know, he's making these vehicles, and they actually transform. I, I, has, I hesitate to use that word on this show, but they uh, they convert, uh, you know, from their defense mode and, and back, so it's really cool. Uh, so some cool things like that, and I've been trying to post up some original artwork as well that I'm finding online of uh, Mask Originals. So go and check those out, and uh, just I'm going to step out of the mask world just for a second and uh, and shamelessly plug myself. <laughs> <laughs> this is our show, um, but uh, I I just started a new podcast over on my other site, which is rediscoverthe80s.com, and uh, I asked Wyatt to be on our first panel. If you'll remember the uh, the television show I Love the 80s that was shown on VH1 and I Love the 90s and the 70s, I think they did as well. That's the kind of format that I use for this show. So you're going to get a, a panel of I think the first uh, podcast. There's 11 people. And uh, I ask them all the same 10 questions. 
and they came up with their what they remembered and uh, everything about uh, that particular topic. And I was in the uh, the studio for a long time <laughs> producing because there's a there's the background music and I put everybody's uh, comments together and I put uh, clips in there from whatever we were talking about. Like one of the subjects is Ghostbusters, so I put some. I asked everybody what their favorite line or scene was from the movie and they they told me and I added those clips in so it's a long podcast but maybe you'll uh you'll listen to maybe the first half and then the second half it's a good uh 2 hours and 45 minutes so if you got a an hour to kill you're waiting at the doctor's office or you're in a line somewhere and you need a you need a podcast to listen to or something I invite you to go check that out it's on iTunes and Stitcher Radio right now and obviously you can go to rediscoverthe80s.com to to listen to that as well but thank you for being on the first panel yes uh, uh, thanks for the invite and it was actually a very good uh, very well produced uh, you know product we he goes we go back and forth with uh, kind of uh, QCing each other on on both masscast and i i kind of lately i've been you know correcting little grammatical errors or something that i find on on his articles <laughs> So uh, it was a really a great podcast, and even for the two hours forty five minutes, it's I enjoyed it. I I was listening to it at work, and I was like trying to avoid work so I could listen to it all. <laughs> uh, of course, that was impossible, but you know I was trying. Yeah, well, and that's why I kind of broke it up into two halves as well, so you can listen to some of it now and. You know, it, the way that the podcasting works now, you can pretty much pause it and come back to it whenever you want to. Right. But uh, it was fun, yeah. I mean, we did some fun trivia in there as well, and unfortunately, why it didn't do so well, and I had to, uh, I had to give him the old uh, Chet Wedgie <laughs> at the end. He was a he was a sport about that. Um, but we did we did we do some fun stuff like that, and we did actually was there awesome. was an outtake reel. Yeah, there was, I did an outtake reel at the end. To, to kind of get behind the scenes of, of the recording of it. So, all right, that's enough of plugging me in, in my new podcast. Let's get on to the podcast at hand, shall we? All right, let's start the MassCast. I've never seen so many lights. Well, that's what they say about Las Vegas. It's daylight here, day and night. We quickly fade in on a very traffic-congested Las Vegas with Matt, Gloria, Scott, and, of course, T-Bob. They're arriving at a casino with Scott being greatly surprised with all the lights. Entering into the casino, uh, they gaze upon all the games with Gloria commenting that she is surprised that Matt Tracker is actually taking a vacation. And with her. Exactly. It's, you can tell that this is like the family event, you know, because it's always right, a family right. vacation with them. Yep. Uh, to which Matt replies, Everybody's got to take a break sometime. Get away from villains, violence, and mysteries. Then our dynamic duo stop with uh, T-Bob asking a perplexing question. What are we supposed to do since they do not let kids or robots gamble? Of course, Matt replies that this is why they are at the carnival carnival which is kind of a pun on Circus Circus, because they have a section upstairs just for them. 
Just then a drunk shows up believing that T-Bob is an odd-looking slot machine and inserts a coin. <laughs> that was this awesome. is funny. Hey, lay off. I'm private property. How did you? A talking slot machine. And it takes your money just as fast as the others. Don't it? Then he just stammers off, and you know T. Bob gasps, but he'll love this place. And they all get a chuckle, and they quickly are sent away up upstairs. Yeah, I mean that was a true. I don't have many laugh out loud moments. At least it seems they're few and far between when I'm going back and watching these episodes because most of it's corny stuff. Right. But it's these situations where they just. You know, they totally wouldn't do anything like this now or they throw a drunk guy in right. <laughs> and they're at a casino, you know, which anyway, it, that whole part was just it was funny. Yeah, it was really funny. So uh, so Scott and T-Bob, they head upstairs and they see this roller coaster and T-Bob complains that the roller coaster, eh, it's too small. This is puny. Well, why don't we just walk? It'll be faster. Well, it has to fit indoors, doesn't it? Just enjoy it. Enjoy it? You call this excitement? I've seen bigger anthills. T-Bob is very, I don't know, he's got a complaining heart, it seems. Right, <laughs> it and seems that's something like. I noted in this this episode. He is really a grump in this whole episode. <laughs> he, so he gets, on the, uh, he gets on the roller coaster, and they're going up the hill, and T-Bob says, you know, eek, eek. You know, he's like mocking how... Uh, <laughs> I'm how, so scared. Uh, yeah, yeah. How uh, unexciting this uh, this roller coaster is, but then all of a sudden the coaster comes to a, a stop, and they start going backwards. And of course, this reminded me of some of my favorite roller coasters. Actually, one at Hershey Park, which we used to go to all the time, was called the Sidewinder. Oh where yeah, it would go all through it and then come back right where you started and then go through the whole thing backwards. Loved the backwards roller coaster. Of course, they didn't probably didn't have them back then in '85 uh, when this was aired. But then T. Bob, after they start going backwards on this coaster, he starts going crazy. Never saw a roller coaster do this before. Finally, it stops for a moment, just conveniently there at the platform, so the kids can hurry up and get off. Right. And then, uh, and then. It starts right back up again, and then Scott notices everything is, you know, basically going backwards. T. Bob, he's still backwards, and he converts, and he actually bumps Scott, and and now Scott's on T. Bob on the in scooter mode, and uh, they're driving around in reverse. Uh, this big spinning wheel off one of the the games comes flying off, and Matt and Gloria, he's got to like shove her out of the way, right, to avoid this. Uh, this big wheel and it crashes into the slot machines and I don't think this is our lucky day. Then we cut back upstairs and I mean Scott and T Bob, they're still going backwards. Matt, he this is how he saves the day. He sees a large stuffed panda bear off in the on this uh, game or whatever there upstairs and he takes it, he throws it in front of T Bob to get him to stop. And then finally, everything kind of comes to a stop, and and T Bob starts talking normal again. Now that was a great ride. Hey, T Bob's okay now. Interesting. Right, and this is where 
uh, Scott is, you know, excited. You know, he's sitting there. Oh, right, a mystery because they got to investigate. So yes. So we are then taken to an darkened alley with Vanessa and Manta approaching a garage door. Looking around to check if the area is clear, she then opens the door and drives right in. Inside, we see that the rest of Venom gazing upon an interesting device as a very fancied-up Vanessa approaches. Ah, Vanessa! Well, this reverser machine worked just like you said. Everything in the casino went backwards. Perfect! This will be the greatest robbery of all time! The counterclockwise caper! <laughs> Fading into the next day, we are taken to Lake Mead, where Scott has been taken to a yacht. As Matt gets into Thunderhawk, Scott whines about why he can't help solve the mystery. You'll find plenty to do here at Lake Mead. You can take the houseboat out or take a tour of Hoover Dam. That's boring. Nothing's going to happen way out here. That's the idea. See you later, kiddo. left out. Now this is where there was a little tick I had because when Matt, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but uh, when Matt replies back to Scott after he says that he wants to stay and, and solve the mystery, Matt actually closes Thunderhawk's door and talks through the door basically, right. <laughs> basically before he leaves without there being any sound change or, you know, the window wasn't down or anything, so... I don't know. It was just a tick I noticed that he shut the door, but you could still basically hear him right. from inside. <laughs> but anyway, off to the hotel. Right. So we're back at Vegas inside a rotating restaurant. Matt is peering out of the window with a set of binoculars as Gloria walks up and flirts with Matt, saying that he doesn't have to look that hard to find a beautiful woman. That, <laughs> that really, you know, we always. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. It was really, <laughs> oh, yeah, here we go. We know something's going on. That's right. So, of course, they're chuckling, and he then asks about what she was able to discover about the strange phenomenon. Well, it wasn't a publicity stunt. Every casino in Vegas was in chaos last night. I didn't think so. I ran a computer check, too. There isn't any known natural phenomenon that could create that reversal effect. So, that means someone did it deliberately. But why? And how? And who? Take Thunderhawk and search the streets. I'll stay here. I was kind of, I don't know, what was he expecting to find with binoculars out from the top of this restaurant? I, I mean, I don't know. It I don't know really either, into, but you would think, you know, he, he knows Venom is, is probably up to it. Yeah, the the whole scene of what's about to come with them up there is, is really good. And I don't know, it just would have made sense to say something and then why they were going to head up to the this restaurant, this rotating restaurant on the roof to, to basically look out across the city. But right. anyway, um, yeah, after Matt says he couldn't find anything natural, um, while searching on his computer, he asked Gloria to take Thunderhawk and then start searching the streets while he stays. And of course she scoffs here. Oh, separate vacations now. Marvelous. Well, here's, here's what is fascinating, you know, as much as he loves Thunderhawk, there's something about that coffee bar that must, or the restaurant that's better than Thunderhawk. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of strange that he just said, all right, go ahead and take my baby. 
Unless he's uh, unless he has a great view at the uh, hotel pools. That's what he's looking for. <laughs> oh, anyway, all right. So there, uh, he sends Gloria off. We cut back to Scott and T Bob on the the boat. Scott is. This is pretty cool, actually. He he's putting water skis on T Bob. Come on, T Bob. I want a water ski, and the houseboat's too slow. It's the only fun thing I can think of till Dad gets back. And as he's putting these on, they accidentally both fall into the water. And uh, as Scott is leading T-Bob kind of close to the edge. And now we can see this. T-Bob has a, also a water wheel underneath, kind of like the old-fashioned... Uh, paddle boats, yeah. Paddle boats, yeah. Um, so he's got the skis and he's got this, this water wheel now instead of a tire. And uh, Scott starts riding him across the water. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, but you notice that you know T. Bob had no problem swimming and and doing anything before, but now he's frightened of water. Yeah, there's always kind of a disconnect it seems like between episode to episode oh, yeah. uh, with T. Bob. Anyway, so we cut back to Matt, who he he gets on his walkie and he asks Gloria if she's bored like he is. I haven't seen anything suspicious, unusual, or even interesting. Let's get back to vacation. Come and pick me up. Okay. Right about that time, we cut over to Venom. We have Switchblade and Manta and Jackhammer towing this mysterious machine that we saw. And they exit their little garage hideout. And Thunderhawk and Gloria pulls up to a stoplight. And there they are. She sees them. And she immediately calls for Mask On. Right. And here's where I liked... uh did you see uh, Gloria's eyes when she said mask on? Because they actually no. like lit up or brightened or uh, widened or whatever. So it was, to me, it was just awesome animation that they, you know, she's mask on and her eyes actually get wider mm-hmm. and angst. It was kind of cool. Uh, I, I, that was a great little bit right there. So then uh, she then makes chase as we are taking it to the restaurant where Matt now sees Switchblade. All right, Max. They're in position. Activate the reverser. This time with full power. Uh, at the spinning restaurant, it now comes to an abrupt stop, and then it goes into a rapid reverse in which all the patrons and the staff are grasping onto just about whatever they can do to fight the inertia. Yeah, it's going faster too. Right. Yeah. That uh, that something. And again, I'm reading too much into it, but the thing only has one speed, you know, less than one mile an hour, and here it's going in like fifty. Doesn't it doesn't make sense? <laughs> but uh, Matt ends up yelling out, "Get to the center! It doesn't move. You'll be safe there." Out on the street, cars are all jammed up on the street with, you know, Thunderhawk driving in reverse with Gloria. Oh no, Matt! That reversing effect is starting again. You're telling me, and I never thought of it. Las Vegas is a backward town. Oh, help me, please! This is where I noticed that. They changed uh, the mask voices again. Yeah, I actually noticed that the the previous scene with uh, Mayhem when he radios Rax to to start the machine with full power, it's it's got that echo effect again. And I don't know, they it seems to be going kind of back and forth. They they use that echo effect for an episode, and then they go back to kind of a less I it's less of an echo effect or more of a a louder sound that they use for their voice. 
I mean, is that what you what you were hearing? Yeah, it was just an odd echo, like you said. I, I you get used to something, you know. You get used to yeah. the way that that sound effect works, and then they change it. I realize they're probably yeah. experimenting, or maybe the sound guy was off that day. I don't know. Um, but it didn't for me. It didn't take take away, you know, much from the episode as far as hearing their voices in that format as opposed to what we've heard it before. Right. But anyway, um, as uh, as Thunderhawk is driving backwards, Gloria radios to Matt, who is still uh, inside the the restaurant. He hears this old man. He's, he's still yelling for help. And Matt pretty much saves him, he pushes him into the, the center, and then he himself... He falls back against the glass with this uh, restaurant is still spinning in the inertia. Then all of a sudden, his table starts coming towards him and hits him, and he smashes through the window. Whoa! And Matt is left hanging outside of the restaurant by a curtain. And the, of course, the curtain starts to tear pretty quickly, and Matt completely tears and Matt begins to fall plummet from this uh, restaurant on top of this hotel and Gloria just about that time she's there she looks up and she sees Matt she uses the aura beam to kind of wrap him up and bring him down and (laughs) she splashes him down in this fountain (laughs) out in front of the hotel and for me it was it was great drama you know obviously the hero of the show is plummeting to his death, pretty much. He hasn't doesn't have his mask or any kind of help, really. Right. And luckily, Goria pulled up at that time and was able to save him. And I, I pretty much expected a commercial right here. So did I. Uh, we've always got a commercial. There's some, you know, dramatic element going on. Venom sets a trap, or you know, one of the the mask team they get into trouble. And they just kind of leave him there at, at that point. I totally expected the, the commercial to start when Matt fell, you know. But it didn't. It kept going. He's saved. He uh, lands in this fountain. Are you all right? Delighted. I just set the world high diving right And then we cut back over to Venom at the casino. And they're using a vacuum, this large couple uh, vacuums, to suck up all of the money and the coins and stuff from the the casino after they're using this machine. Vanessa jokes, This is the first time I ever enjoyed cleaning up. And then Mayhem mentions that they have all the time they need while the the police is paralyzed. And then that's where we get our commercial, just as they're sucking up the money. Right. So it was... I mean, I'm not going to hold too much against it. I mean, this is something new. I mean, obviously we're used to the, the dramatic, but... You know, they decided to to break it here. Either the they went a little long in the front half of the show, or you know, whether it was a, an honest mistake or whether it was is meant to be. It was it was different. So right, and this wasn't gonna, this wasn't like uh, it didn't bother me at all how they how they put the commercial in there. Yeah. So uh, as we get back to, from our commercial, uh, we see. Uh, Venom just cle- finishing up their job. Dagger comes up and comments, The money tank is almost full. Let's clear out. Almost. He is not completely. Dagger, proceed to the next casino. And now let me ask you real quick. 
I, I, the one thing that kind of bothered me, the first real major thing that bothered me was, why are these people paralyzed? Why are these people like slumped over in the casino? I mean, they didn't show them like, like uh, Venom, you know, beating them or, <laughs> or they didn't really ever explain why if the machine, you know, kind of paralyzed the people. Why aren't they, you know, right slumped over somewhere? That 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 was one of my big ticks. Uh, it's one of those you just couldn't explain. The the only thing I could think of is you know the. All the reverse of the machines, maybe you know, knocked them out. You know, flung a coin and beamed them in the temple. I don't know, really. Yeah, well, that, that's possible, I guess. If they're standing next to the machine and the machine goes crazy and you know topples on them, or they're getting hit with the uh, getting hit with coins or something. But I don't know. It just seemed weird that if they're scared or something, they would have just like ran out of the casino or something. Or they would have been trying to get the money themselves. You right. Know? <laughs> anyway, that was just, I wanted your opinion on that one. Yeah. So Venom ends up rushing out, out of the casino as a laser beam is shot across the front of them. We then see, that was cool. it was, it was actually pretty cool. And we see Matt Rising. Gloria come up uh, with Matt's asking, is this a private game? Or can anyone join in? Mass! Vanessa, stole them! We've got to protect the money! Vanessa uses whip as Matt repels it with spectrum lasers. And the blast from the spectrum laser ends up combating whip. uh, But a small beam ends up hitting Vanessa in her mask, which was kind of cool to see, and it ends up jolting her. Uh, I didn't notice that. I I thought it just kind of dissolved the laser from... From whip. No, she got a uh, she got basically a ricochet is what it looked like to me. Just a little one of her little uh-huh. whip sprays. I don't know what you what I really want to call it, but it just got her because she goes ah. She got a jolt and then <laughs> she runs off. Uh, Venom then runs off in their vehicles with Manta nearly striking Matt and Gloria. Uh, that was cool. It was. It was a good drama right there. And then as, as they jump free, Gloria ponders. Why are Venom's vehicles working right? They must have a counteracting device. Obviously. Yes. Or they reverse the transmission on the engine. That's just too technical for a cartoon. Good good point, yeah. That's something my dad did by mistake years ago. Years and years yeah. ago. <laughs> but it wasn't a mistake. They thought they bought the right car. The right engine and everything, but it was a rear mount engine for an old Plymouth. No. One of his fa- favorite stories was, you know, somehow they put the camshaft in wrong. And uh, so they were actually going to fire it up and it went backwards. Well, they were fired it up and they were supposed to like, he's going to dump the clutch and just bolt out of the garage door out from the garage. So when he dumped it at first, it was actually reverse. (laughs) So the guy like smashed the rear end of the car because he went to the back of the wall. Oh, that stinks. (laughs) So back to mask at hand. (laughs) Yeah, this is awesome here. This is something out of the Dukes of Hazzard. Vanessa, she uh, tries to come back at them again in Manta. Gloria shoots the Aura mask at Manta, and it kind of projects it up and onto two wheels. Aura, on! Gotta keep from flipping over! She does this whole, you know, ski mode. Right. <laughs> there's your, uh, there's your Night Rider. Uh, yep. <laughs> There's my Knight Rider reference right there. Your Knight Rider reference, yeah. 
and uh, she kind of moves past Matt and Gloria, and uh, Matt tells Gloria to just let her go, and it's it's time to call in the team. This is a bit late in the episode. We're at the over twelve minutes now right. on a twenty-two minute episode. You know, sometimes, and I'm not again. This is not a a, a bad thing, um, but they're changing it up. So sometimes, you know, within three or four minutes, the team is there, and now it's you know past the commercial right. before he uh, calls in the help. So we got Bruce and Rhino and Dusty and Gator. Well, f- before that. How cool is this? He uses the mask to call in the team. Spectrum, microwave frequency. Satellite link to mask computer. Select mask agents for mission in Las Vegas. That was pretty cool. It's, it's like they finally upgraded uh, the technology instead of having to either jump in Thunderhawk right. or pull out the, the laptop. They now can actually do you know use a microwave link to the mask computer. Yeah, I mean, that was... That was cool, and I don't know. Like you said, it's like he got an upgrade because I didn't remember hearing him using Spectrum Laser before as a voice command. Right. I mean, obviously he's used it just as a laser to combat the other team, but it's like uh, we got a Spectrum upgrade in this. <laughs> exactly. In this episode, and on but. top of that, when the when the I liked how the computer noted why uh, why they were being selected yeah. instead of just. You know, champion race car driver or Bruce, you know, blah, blah, blah. It was why they got selected. Selecting personnel. Selection. Bruce Sato, mechanical engineer and design specialist. Vehicle code name, Rhino. Selected for engineering knowledge. Dusty Hayes, auto and marine stunt driver. Vehicle code name, Gator. Electric ouch cannon, possible effective weapon. Yeah, and I I did like that. Um, that's not used enough, no. in my opinion, to just basically determine why these uh, these agents are being chosen. And it kind of distracted me at least from the normal, because usually there's some kind of joke. Uh, you know, when they're called up, something happens. Bruce is messing with a remote control car or dusty, you know. A, pizza maker goes crazy or something right. he drops dishes but this one it was just kind of you know they they kept the same time frame and we've always at least i've always thought of boulder hill kind of being nearby to vegas um at least it is in our movie but um so they're they're nearby it's late at night and the call-ups basically they're getting them up out of bed right bruce was uh reading at the time he gets the call and then uh, Dusty, he uh, just gets basically woken up out of bed with the call. Right. And this is the first time I think we've seen that, which is cool. Yeah. To think that they're on call 24-7 and not always at their job, you know, in the middle of the day. Right. So I thought that was pretty cool, a little bit of insight. And, uh, and of course, they're, they say that Bruce is called up for his engineering capabilities and Dusty for Gator's electric ouch cannon or something yeah says. i like that that was hilarious hearing what the cannon is now called the ouch cannon I, <laughs> uh, okay so matt takes off his mask and says that that's that until they can get here it's just you and me against venom well back at lake me with our pesky duo t-bob is tapping his head 
with a spoon clanging to wake up Scott. <laughs> and, of course, a very sleepy Scott appears from below telling him to stop clanging. That is too early. T-Bob explains that you're on a boat. Everybody on boats gets up early. I'm also on vacation. Everybody on vacation gets up late. T-Bob's little reply is that the sun is shining and the water is beautiful. The little birdies are fluttering to and fro. (laughs) I think I'm going to sing. (laughs) Of course, just then, we see Manta flying just a few feet above the waterline and buzz buzz past the yacht. Was a venom. What are they doing here? Now, how cool was this shot? That was awesome. His, that was a Top Gun it, mimic. Yeah, it, and it was totally unexpected. Okay, you're you're on Lake Mead. You're thinking it's going to be piranha coming at exactly. you. Exactly. At least that's what I thought. I was like, all right, here comes Rax. And no, it's Vanessa flying so low. You know, she's making that wake in the water, and right. then she does that kind of real quick move up and kind of they get that sonic boom from the the engines right. and just kind of blows them back and t-bob spills his orange juice and <laughs> <laughs> t-bob wonders was, if it was a paradactyl <laughs> yeah, yes oh geez but uh that was yeah i mean that was very cool it was. very unexpected shot very good and then we get uh, Bruce and Dusty arriving to meet with Matt and Gloria. Right away, Matt begins the mission uh, saying he has a computer estimate of where Venom might be heading. Bruce, you and Gloria switch vehicles. I've got an idea on how to stop Venom's money wagon and put an end to that reversal. Now, before we go any further, now, I, here was, uh, I don't know if it was a tick or something bad, we had that whole line before, you know, when Matt takes his mask off right. after he calls the team, he's like, okay, Gloria, it's just you and I until they get here. So you, to me, that's like, all right, they gotta, they gotta do something in the meantime to kind of, you know, keep the, keep it on top of venom. Well, I, you know, I, that line really wasn't necessary when they're just showed no. up and they're just kind of hanging out on the highway. Oh yeah. It's a good thing that they, uh, <laughs> you know, it was too bad they had to be left behind. They were just waiting for him to get there. Right. So I don't know. It just didn't. It didn't. Uh, didn't mesh those that line and just how they how they arrived. Right. So it really wasn't necessary. I'm with you. Anyway, I'm with you. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't exactly see why. The point of you know they could have done a quick clip of something. Um, where hi- yeah, maybe they're sneaking up on the the hideout or something, or, or exactly. trying to get a location they could have done something. on them, and then you know, and then come back to the highway to meet up. Or yeah, it was just like they were missing a scene or something right. there. But anyway, so Matt he has their escape route mapped out uh, on the computer. Uh, who knows how he got that? And then, <laughs> and then Thunderhawk takes off. They we cut right to the Hoover Dam. And now we've got workers driving up to Venom, who was entering the dam, or trying to enter those doors. And the workers are like, uh, you're not allowed in. What are you doing here? Tours don't begin until 8 a.m. And Vanessa, <laughs> Vanessa, she uses the whip mask to grab this worker who is uh, kind of giving them trouble. You there. You'll have to move those vehicles. 
the, the dam doesn't open for tours until 8 o'clock. With on. And she tangles him up and gives him the, uh, he puts him up in the air, kind of a la a Ghostbusters proton pack. And (laughs) so she's got him all tangled up with the whip mask uh, hanging up in the air. And uh, she tells this worker, I want you to tell everyone who works here to get off the dam. It's going to be very unsafe in a few minutes. And she basically just drops him on his can and he drives off to to warn everybody. That was kind of a a moment where I'm like, okay, why? Yeah. When has Venom ever warned that they're going to do something right. and to get people out of there? It, they usually have they're reckless abandonment, right. you know, basically. And that's what I commented here. You know, she's a very she's being very humanely here. She's she's and as devilish and as destructive as she seems yeah, or claims to be. Personality. No, she doesn't want to take a life here. So it just yeah, it's not didn't didn't coincide with with what we've been seeing from her. So Mayhem tells uh, Rax to bring the reverser inside. Then we cut to Scott and T-Bob. They're on a motorboat now. And they basically followed the wake of Vanessa flying over and scaring them half to death. Who were supposed to be vacationing? Vacationing is that way. I just want to see what they're up to. Oh! And then we cut right back to the reverser engaging. And Rax explains that the turbines in the dam will be working so hard in reverse that it will cause the whole thing to collapse. And Mayhem says, And that would be the biggest disaster in history. Mask will have to try to stop it. No one will be interested in us. Hey, I like that. Now, okay. <laughs> This is where the, the episode kind of went in the pooper to me. Um, why destroy your own cool weapon? They're in really? this dam. And they're basically what they're doing is they're going to destroy the dam on top of this by using this machine. They're basically going to destroy the machine. Why would you want to do that? <laughs> I have no idea. They didn't think it seems this to me. Through. No, it seems to me that they could have been at least a safe distance away or up on a, you know, the road or something and try to engage it and, and get it to, uh, to go backwards without destroying. I mean, we saw the whole city black out, you know, and then come back up in reverse, right. uh, earlier in the episode. So it just didn't make sense to me. Uh, Why are you going to destroy your own weapon? But anyway, uh, dagger, he uses torch to seal this damn, uh, door, <laughs> uh, uh, and then the effects of the machine start to begin. We see the the wake kind of going back out uh, in the water, right. and then we're taking uh, taking back to Scott and T Bob. Right, and then uh, of course that creates this this big re- uh, wake for Scott and T Bob, and the boat motor then becomes affected by the reverser. And hey, what's wrong? I want to go backwards. Hey, sir, me Then flying through the ravine, we happen to see Thunderhawk arriving with Bruce, noticing the waves in the water. Mac concludes that Venom must be using the reverser, then suddenly now Thunderhawk is affected. Bruce tries to joke by saying, this isn't an elevator, you know. 
And, of course, as they're falling, like an anchor. Um, however, Thunderhawk somehow gets straightened up, and Matt instructs Bruce to use the lifter. The lifter. The lifter, yes. Uh, to, <laughs> oh, I hate that. Uh, I know. It must be the new thing. Uh, but they, he uses the lifter to grab Scott and T-Bob, bringing them into Thunderhawk. I stayed at the lake, Dad, like you said. That's my boy. It's convenient that uh, he got Bruce to come with him in the in the uh, in Thunderhawk. Right. <laughs> so then uh, Thunderhawk lands back at the mask rendezvous, and Matt tells everyone that the first thing is to do is, of course, stop the machine. Matt, I think Gator's ouch cannon is the only thing that will stop it. Bruce, you just volunteered. Matt then tells Dusty that they'll be going after the Venom vehicle, while Bruce and Gloria just take care of the reverser. About time, I was feeling like a bump on a log. This doesn't make it sit well. Anytime he needs to do something very big, heroic, he has to take the control. Yes, he does. So I don't. I don't have a problem with that, really. I mean, he is the kind of hero or the leader, so he want, He should be the first one, kind of into battle. Well, I agree, but opinion. I'm thinking this is my gator boat. What you doing in my gator boat? <laughs> I can work that funky ouch cannon better than you can there, Slick. Yeah. You know, that's just, I don't know. Well, again, this, there was some disconnect here because to me, it you know, there was the line where, you know, they switched vehicles basically to get Bruce and Thunderhawk to pick up Scott and T-Bob out of the lake, which right. we didn't know that to begin with. But um, I, I can't remember I, if Gloria said that she was going to take Rhino or, or whatever, but that really wasn't necessary because... They came back and they were at the same spot again. They're just waiting around. Really, exactly. I mean, why didn't you give, why didn't you give uh, Dusty and Gloria something to do while you're out? You know, not while you're out saving Scott and T. Bob because they didn't know even though they were there. Right. But I don't know. It just there wasn't the continuity wasn't there. Right. So just you know, and then they again they mix up the vehicles here. So you got who was it? It was Gloria and Bruce in Gator, and you had. Dusty in Rhino. Um, why? Why are you mixing it up? I don't know. <laughs> I liked it. I can't remember which episode it was. It was a couple episodes ago where there was kind of a switch. And I didn't mind it then. It was different but right. because the people were, were actually doing something in the new vehicles or the the other vehicles that they had, or the ones that they weren't normally with. And this one is just they're switching it up for no reason, and the other people are kind of stuck there waiting for them to come back. I, I don't know. Didn't make sense no. to me. Anyway, um, from above, as Matt takes off into Thunderhawk, he radios to uh, Dusty in Rhino that... The computer's picked up a signal. Lock on to my coordinates. Roger, Matt. I'll be there in two shapes. Just take me a little old shortcut here. Pretty badly outnumbered, Dusty. You think you can do something to stop that trailer full of money if I create a diversion? Just leave it to me. It'll cost him a pretty penny. And then we cut over to Gloria driving Gator backwards as she's approaching the dam. Right. That's At least that was kind of up with the episode since it's doing the reversing effect. Right. Bruce on the gun. And then uh, we cut back to Matt, who's approaching Venom. And uh, <laughs> this is funny. Vanessa says, Hey, Mayhem. There's a fool behind us fooling with your foolproof plan. Mask! I don't believe it. What do we do? 
continue his plan. I'll handle it. I always like it when Miles says he'll handle right. it. You know, he's he's got this kind of uh, arrogance about him when he when he does that. No. We'll switch. <laughs> we'll switch blade and Manta convert into jet modes, and they approach Thunderhawk. They start firing their lasers on him. Uh, Manta kind of gives chase, and then we're as they're in pursuit. We cut back over to the dam, and the workers are trying to get inside that door that. Dagger sealed with the torch mask, and Gator arrives, and the workers are startled again by the people wearing the masks, and Gloria has to assure them that, hey, we're the good guys, yeah. okay? <laughs> um, so she uses Aura, she used Aura a lot in this episode, yes. to open the door, and then she switches, basically, to get onto the cannon to, to go after this reverser thing. And the workers are all happy once they get inside. And and then we cut right back over. This is kind of good, this back and forth yeah. uh, between the two scenes. But then we're back to uh, Switchblade and on the tail of Thunderhawk. So back in the air, Matt asks where Dusty is, and he replies that, I'm almost back to the highway. Hang in there, Matt. He races up behind Jackhammer and uses the grill ram to bust a hole in the trailer, causing the money to all fly out. That was good. Yes, very good. Dagger tells Miles that... Mayhem! They got the money! They what? Ah! They mayhem! What? Blast! Blast them! The money's gone! Let's get out of here! Back on the highway, we see Rhino parked beside the pile of stolen money with Dusty picking off the currency off uh, from a cactus. Yeah. Now, how did he clean it up so quick? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's what that wasn't a big deal to me, but no, because it could have been. You know, who knows how long it could have been. But he finally touched down, but that was more of a tick than right than a markdown. Right. Then Thunderhawk lands, and Dusty compliments Matt by saying, "Nice going, Matt." Will you look at that? And they say money don't grow on trees. <laughs> and they have their little chuckle, and we are shuffled right into the PSA. Now that was uh, they to me that ended very abruptly. I agree. And we didn't get to meet back up with Gloria and Bruce to kind of celebrate the victory. You know what I mean? They usually all get back together, and then they have their laugh, right? And, and that's the end. Well, they didn't even do. They, it's like it was really rushed this time, right? They couldn't get past the. Uh, <laughs> that stupid money doesn't grow on trees line. I guess. Anyway, so the PSA, we're at the uh, the Tracker Mansion, and we see Scott diving into the pool. And he gets out, and he goes over to his uh, chair, and he starts to apply more sunscreen. Good for you, Scott. It's a good idea to put on more sunscreen after you've been in the water. I use it, too. It's bad for your skin to get too much ultraviolet radiation. I was like, wow, radiation. That's, <laughs> I never thought of it that way. Right. And then, of course, T-Bob jokes that... This is really a burning issue. And Scott just kind of shakes his head, and Matt and Gloria kind of hold their heads in disgust, and T-Bob exclaims, but I thought that was funny. <laughs> what was funny a little bit here is, you know, Matt goes, uh... And then he actually turns his back towards yeah. T-Bob. That's 
like like all of a sudden you know T- all of T Bob's stupid jokes are now just too much right. to take. And how many that he does? Exactly. I thought that was kind of comical, but anyway. So that was the uh, the end of our uh, public service announcement. What was your? Uh, we'll let you go first. What was your rating on this one? Well, after talking through it, I was on a solid four point five, um, but I think I'm going to move it down to a four, primarily on the on a couple of the the bigger things uh, that we made a comment like uh, like the guy. Uh, why are they sitting there, uh, Gloria and uh, Dusty? What are they doing sitting around waiting for something to happen when Bruce and, yeah. and Matt are up in the air handling business? You know, I don't even see a little quick shot of them tooling around or searching or doing something in Rhino. Just nothing's happening. And then the other other small tick was, uh, or mediocre tick, was really the... Uh, where Matt and Gloria were holding down the fort, it just didn't make sense. Why? Again, we just said you know they should have had a little battle scene or maybe a scoping out something, looking around more, just something. It just didn't fit, fit well. But it was still a good plot, uh, a lot of good drama. They, I, I actually enjoyed the episode. Uh, there was a lot of great animations, especially when um, Gloria's eyes kind of lit up when she said "mask on." Didn't like that odd reverb effect that they used for the mask, but it was more of a tick than a, a big thing. Um, Dusty's voice actually changed a hair towards the end. I don't know if it was a uh, just a bumble, yeah. bumbling or, or something, but it just altered a little bit. I kind of noticed that a little bit. I didn't wasn't enough for me to no. to make a note about it, but uh, yeah, it, it, his voice. I think is it Doug Stone that does Dusty? I thought it was. Yeah, I think it is. Um, yeah, it just kind of changed for a minute. Um, like he didn't go fully back into Dusty right. at one time. What What was your rating? Well, as much as I did want to give this thing at least a four point five, so I could round it up to a five, I was the same way. I'm going to give it a solid four. I mean, I it's a good episode. I I don't know. I always like the episodes where Venom kind of goes after practical things, just like money. Right. You know, or they hold something for ransom to extort money. Those just kind of seem more, and nothing against the ones that are the mystical and all those items and stuff. That I, I don't mind those. You know, I'm not saying those are bad or anything, but the ones where they just go after money just seem more kind of real to life uh, to me, and it, I, I kind of connect with those more. So it was a good episode. I love the plot and. Obviously, Matt and Gloria's relationship that we uh, we've been touting for a while is is going on behind closed doors. Kind of gets shoved right into the uh, open right. in this episode that they're on vacation together, and and Gloria is kind of the mom figure <laughs> at least to uh, to Scott uh, when they first show up at what they're going to be doing there in uh, in Las Vegas. Um, I like the ski mode. On T Bob, I thought that was cool. Yeah. The, the whole dramatic with uh, Matt falling out of the restaurant. I mean, that was really good. Yes. And then the, the, the kind of upgrade with Spectrum, where he gets to call the agents from the actual mask and the Spectrum lasers command. That that was the first time I remember hearing that. So that was really good. It was just this kind of that second half, or really not even the second half. It was kind of the the last 
third or quarter of the episode was just kind of a letdown, kind of sloppy. I don't know. Like, they didn't think it out. Right. But the lines that kind of weren't necessary and then the mix-up with the vehicles, it just kind of went, you know, it wasn't uh, – <laughs> That wasn't really necessary, and you know, we mentioned the people being paralyzed from the machine. They didn't really explain that, why they're just kind of laying around the, the casino. And then the whole ending was just kind of real, kind of rushed. They didn't get the team back together, and, you know, Dusty just, you know, cleaning up the highway with the money. That was just, I don't know. It was, the, the ending was more of a letdown. Venom kind of gave up again too easily right. where it was just, I think Miles even says, uh, well, they've got the money. There's nothing left here for us. And Well, dummy, after you blew up your own dang machine, <laughs> <laughs> of course there's nothing left for exactly. you. So I didn't, I didn't like that. It was enough to knock it down a full point, but it, the, the, the upside to this episode, I think was, was definitely there. Right. I agree. And of course that kind of leads into our, our tie-ins to our movie script which for me was a lot. Um, I'll just go ahead and throw it over to you. What were your? What was some of the things that you saw that we that we added into our movie script? Uh, Vegas. Uh, that's pretty much the, <laughs> exactly that whole area, really. Uh, Vegas, the desert, Lake Mead, all of that we use in the movie. Uh, uh, we used Lake Mead for a battle scene. Uh, yes, we do. That's that's one of my favorite parts of the script, and also the very first time that. Thunderhawk and Switchblade meet up is above the Las Vegas Strip. Yes, with, you got the uh, the lights and everything down below, and they have their first kind of battle, aerial battle uh, over the Strip. Right. We have uh, Gloria flirting. Uh, was a similarity. Uh, we we flirt. We have her and and Matt kind of flirt. And there's a bigger romance story. The whole there's yeah. actually a drama to this, actually. But yeah, it's more of a there's more of a romantic kind of relationship that forms. Right. It's kind of like this. I mean, it's not necessarily. It, they didn't really show them kissing or you know anything or I don't know if they held hands at one point or something, but they didn't. They haven't really showed it on the cartoon yet. I'm wondering if they will actually show a little bit more of Matt and Gloria together, but. Yeah, I mean that was definitely a tie-in, and then wasn't necessarily a, a, a real battle scene with the with Rhino coming up behind uh, Jackhammer on the highway and and putting the hole in that. But there is some highway scenes with Jackhammer and Rhino, <laughs> uh, with Jackhammer and Rhino exactly, and uh, and even some more vehicles, Gator and and Condor, and we use the highway a lot. Oh yes, because um, basically that's the between you know Boulder Hill and then some locations uh, around the Vegas area, I mean that's there's a lot out on the highway that we do. Uh, the first time we see uh, Condor convert is on the highway, right. um, so that's that's a major part of this. Anything else? Uh, the dogfight with Manta, Thunderhawk, and Switchblade uh, towards the end of the movie. That that's yes. a big that's a big thing. That's our kind of our huge battle scene component. Uh, yeah, well, one of one of the the scene because right. scenes because uh, there's a there's a ground battle going on as uh, as we got Thunderhawk and Condor and Manta and Switchblade going at it in the sky. Right, and then we have of course we have uh, Jackhammer and, and Rhino battling it out, and then the end 
eventually end up having to use Boulder Hill to save the day, or at least part of it. And then we have the water battle with, with uh, Gator. Piranha, Gator. Uh, yeah, exactly. So we're, we're using all, all the battle scenes, every place. Um, and it's funny because I don't remember particularly using this episode um, as kind of our basis for the script. Um I can't remember how many episodes are on the the DVDs that we have. We have the first half of the series. I'm guessing this was it went up to like 35 or uh, maybe even 36 episodes um, on those on the DVDs we have. But I don't. It's funny because I mean I remember all now seeing all this stuff again. I, it seems like this was one of the the episodes that kind of drew us into to the writing, but. I don't know. Did you remember specifically using this episode as kind of the the backdrop I, when you were writing? I don't remember. It's been so long ago. I know. <laughs> it's been uh, when we started the script was at least what five years ago. Uh, we didn't finish it until about two years ago. So no. So it has been five years. Wow. It's been that long. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Really. But um, so it's hard. I, I don't know. I don't I remember through. seeing this. I honestly don't remember sucks. seeing this. But somehow we came up with uh, Vegas. I think we actually came up with Vegas because we needed a desert scene for Boulder Hill, obviously, and it just ended up working out Vegas. Right, and that's what I remember us kind of scoping locations where there was water nearby, and there was a major city, and then there was a kind of a, a deserted area where we can put. Boulder Hill, and it just kind of all came together that Vegas was the spot. Right, and we also sat there and thought, you know, we want to use what about, what are our starter vehicles? So we end up with uh, somehow we came up with Gator and Rhino and Thunderhawk and uh, and so forth. So we thought, well, we need to have a water scene if we're going to have Gator. So that's I think that added to us using the Las Vegas Lake Mead that that area, and uh, it, it worked out beautifully. Uh, really, for the, for our script, uh, I've even yeah. researched where where uh, the Boulder Hill gas station sits. Uh, I've I've done the the Google Maps and and uh, the street views to to kind of pick out where roughly uh, we'd build our Boulder Hill station. <laughs> uh, so we got a little spot. So already picked out. So when it comes to being the uh, uh, the movie company that wants to produce our movie you know we got screenshots we're ready to go <laughs> that's right uh, that's right the other tie-in couple tie-ins i had was venom is after money venom was after money in our episode but that's to starter yep. to get them started up because they have nothing they're starting out literally with nothing uh their vehicles are junkyard vehicles that they've just pieced together yeah and spoiler i mean since we since you said that, I mean that's how we can kind of incorporate some of these old or the the old style Venom vehicles from '85 as they're trying to start up, right? And they're just taking scrap vehicles and building them uh, with plans. Um, that's how we can use 1985 and 2013 or 14 or 15 or whenever, right? <laughs> whenever if this if, if our movie uh, gets picked up script that's picked up but yeah i mean that was a big one i don't remember us using particularly a casino that they hit i know they 
hit uh, banks. Yeah, they hit banks a lot. Not not so much casinos. I think we hit the the banks. Yeah. And Jackhammer was the the test vehicle for that. And uh, the final thing I noted was the back and forth that we use. I mean, we see it today in a lot of uh, TV shows, soap operas, and so forth. But that was something we wanted to do to, to uh, I guess, capture our attention. So uh, we did a lot of back and yes. forth. You might see a shot of the dogfight with all the aerial vehicles, and it, it splits off to Gator and Piranha, yeah. and then it splits off to Rhino and Jackhammer, or then it splits off to something else so we just yeah the dynamic and that's where some of those scenes i would love it if you know the the producers or who the director would be able to incorporate some of those split screens that we see during the yes the cartoon um i think they could really pull that off with that ending battle in our movie you know where they just kind of cut back and forth when they're radio radioing to each other um they could do some split screen stuff if they wanted to. Right. So. Well, that's good, man. We there's a lot in here, and I think you've touched on everything that I had in my notes. <laughs> uh, so that was uh, that was pretty thorough. Yes. Um, hope hopefully everybody enjoyed uh, hearing all those similarities to the script, and you know someday we're gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to print those out and like uh, hold a contest or something or. Maybe that's how we're going to be raising money is to people get their hands on the script. And hey, there you go. Because <laughs> um, I'm I'm so anxious for for other people to read it, and you know we've had, like we've said before, uh, numerous people in the business contact us, and we've sent them the script to get their opinions, and um, we we really think we've we hit the nail on the head, so to speak. Um, you know, nothing against. Uh, some of the other people we've ran across that we know are have written scripts or are writing scripts, but um, we just feel like we've got the whole essence of the show in the vehicles and the the people and the interaction and everything. So I agree. It's real neat to real neat to kind of share that stuff and get to these episodes where there's a lot of it. Right. So let's go. Let's flip the tables here and and actually hear from our listeners. Um, we appreciate everybody going to the blog and voting in the poll. We had some extra time since we've been uh, dealing with uh, things going on in life, and we actually got uh, 17 votes this time. Ten of them were for a five. We had six votes for a four and one three. Hmm. So the majority of the people voting thought this was a pretty darn good episode like we did. Right. And then we had uh, we have five comments to announce, so let's go ahead and get through those. Let's start on the uh, on the blog. We had two people leave comments on the blog. The first is Eric over at BoulderHill.net. Uh, Eric says, "I thought this episode rocked. It had a ton of great masks getting used in different ways. I also love that Mask continued to keep its female characters as strong and capable." Gloria is no damsel in distress, and Vanessa once again acts almost as second in command. Seeing all the agents switch vehicles was also a cool twist. And then finally, the comedy in this episode was some of the best, particularly the drunk guy in the <laughs> opening scene. Definitely a five out of five for me. So I think we pretty much agreed with that, yeah. except for maybe the uh, the switch up. That really didn't sit well 
with me personally. But uh, Eric liked that one. Let's go on to William. Yes, he writes, there's a definite sense that Gloria has been written in as a love interest for Matt and to act as an adopted mum for Scott. What I don't understand is if the machine makes things go counterclockwise, why do they also go so much faster? Uh, we all we actually pondered the same question, William. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, they didn't really, again, they didn't really go into too much detail about the machine, other than it made things go backwards. But it did seem like they went faster as well. So I think at one point, uh, Mayhem says to Rax to put it into full power. So maybe you know before it wasn't in. At the beginning scene, it wasn't in that much of a uh, it, it faster, you know, as it's going backwards. But it's, yeah, it was something, a tick, right. I guess you would probably say as well uh, about the episode. So, okay, well, let's go on to the poll comments. We've got uh, our buddy Anna was the first one to leave one here. She says, this is another great episode. I love the scene when Vanessa wakes up Scott in the boat, of course. It's one of my favorite scenes in the entire series. I also love Vanessa's black dress. I have one almost like it at home. Some other great scenes are when Matt falls down from the rotating restaurant and the confrontation between Mask and Venom outside the casino. In addition, I like the summoning of the agents in this episode. It's the only time when they are summoned at night, and that makes a nice difference. So that stinks. Just as I'm getting all excited about, you know, them showing uh, that they're, you know, on the clock 24 hours. Right. She says, uh, that's the only time they're summoned at night. That's kind of stinks. <laughs> but on to uh, our other buddy, Eric, right. at uh, Cartoonopolis. Right. This episode was okay but had a few too many issues for me to make it a great episode. Obviously, the amount of screen time Scott and T-Bob get is way too much for my taste. Also, toward the end, when Switchblade is firing at Thunderhawk, Switchblade's lasers sound strangely like gun or cannon blast. The major issue I have with the episode is Venom's objective. They have a machine that can reverse practically anything, and they choose to limit themselves to robbing casinos. They could have taken over the world, with this thing. Not only that, but where does Venom get this crazy technology? Do they have a mad scientist stashed away at their hideout or something? I did like the part where Venom was willing to destroy Hoover Dam just to ensure a clean getaway. But why did Vanessa warn the workers off the dam? Was she in a good mood that day? Well, <laughs> you've asked a lot of the, exactly. You've asked a lot of the same questions that we've had uh, over the course of this. Mascad. Yeah, and to the point of the mad scientist stashed away, I guess when uh, Nash Gorey gets on the scene, he's kind of their, uh, if I remember right, he's kind of their geek on the staff, right. uh, the technology whiz. Right. So they just haven't introduced him yet. Um, and then we've got one final comment from uh, a commenter called Duo Tennessee or TN, I don't know if that means Tennessee, it does to me. Uh, he, uh, they state, this is one of my favorite episodes. I'll admit I'm not a big Gloria person, but she was used extremely well as her and Matt got a large amount of screen time together. The one thing i got to take away from this episode is Scott not wearing a life jacket while he and T-Bob were going after Venom on that itty-bitty boat. Oh, I missed that. 
I I missed it too. I guess they, since you're doing PSAs at the end of the uh, episode, um, it would make sense that he's he's keeping himself safe. Right. Good point. Well, those were our comments. Um, let's go ahead and get into uh, our preview of our the next mask episode we'll be reviewing. That'll be episode 25, the Plant Show. Uh, in this episode, Venom threatens to cover the city of Los Angeles with a choking kudzu-like mutated vine unless the people of California pay a hefty ransom. This kind of sounds like a Jumanji of an episode. Yeah. But it will mark the one-third of our way in our journey to reviewing all 75 episodes. This next one. And we're doing episode 33 tonight. We, I think it originally said uh, we wanted to do about 100 podcasts to cover it, you know, with the mixing in interviews and uh, talking about the toys and uh, the, the toy lines and all of that. So I think we're about right on track. I think so. <laughs> One more quick reminder uh, before why it takes us home. If you enjoy MassCast and you listen on iTunes, please give us a quick rating over there. It'll only take a minute and it will help us get more exposure um, in the iTunes store. But we appreciate everybody listening. We uh, always have fun with these these episodes. This was one that's I guess was more of a thrill for us with so much taken away from the script. Right, Jason gave me a big uh, precursor to this because uh, I hadn't watched it with all the move and, and so forth. So it was actually I'm like, wow, I got to watch this now. So it was, it was actually awesome and just noting everything that's in our movies in this episode. But um, like Jason said, we had an awesome time. I obviously had a blast, as always. Uh, we really missed doing this, and we hope to see you next time on MassCast. MassCast. Blast! Blast him! The money's gone! Let's get out of here!